What is up, all of my beautiful freaking people? Welcome back to another episode of FML Talk. Today, we are diving in to part two of this month's solo extravaganza. I know I have pre-recorded a lot of the guest episodes for you, so I promise to come on and do the solos as they are happening in real time. And to kick that off, I wanted to give you a two-parter with Tay and I. So sit back, grab a cocktail, and welcome to FML Talk. Oh my God. Wait, how old was the other girl? 19. Can you believe that shit? Hey, this is Gabrielle Stone. Good book. He did what? 48 hours? What a dick. Yeah, but have you seen all the photos on our Instagram? And this is FML Talk. Oh, no, she didn't. Okay, you guys, last week we detailed the, for all intents and purposes, pretty smooth sailing, good experience of our birth with the exception of like one tough night, but like I'll take that shit any day. (laughs) But everything has not been sunshine and rainbows. Mm. Let's preface that with actually everything's been really fucking great and we've been kicking ass. Yeah. And then shit took a turn. Boy, did it ever. (laughs) So we went on a walk. I mean, you guys will be hearing this in October. So this was a couple weeks ago. We went on a walk around the neighborhood as we do. Took Stone in the stroller. Went to get some coffee. And Tay was like, my back's kind of hurting and feeling off. Yeah. And then we got our coffee, sat, he got a pretty stressful phone call. And then on the way back, you looked at me and you were like, I can't go. I can't walk. (laughs) Yeah. I, I, you know, it's weird because I, I still play exactly how it happened. And, you know, it's a tough time right now in my personal life because the industry that I work for so steadily for many years is on strike. Like completely shut down. Completely shut down. So all of my income stopped. So I had to pick up some work that maybe I used to do that maybe I didn't want to be doing anymore, catering and bartending and private parties and lifting heavy things. So I jumped back into that. Which I was very proud of you for doing. Yeah. You got to fucking needed to bring in money and figure it out. And I think in looking back, I had three days prior to that where I worked three days in a row, a lot of heavy lifting, rested for two days and kind of let my back regain its composure. And then we went on that walk. And I think the stress and the heavy lifting caught up with me. Well, you've also had a lot of pressure during this time, because not only do you have a newborn at home. So that's obviously a big adjustment for anyone. Junie also started school and has moved back from Hawaii. So the week, you know, we had stone, she went back to school. So there was that whole component of now, you know, you're driving her 45 plus minutes each way to school on the days that we have her. And she's doing extracurricular activities and like you're pulled to want to try and be a part of that. But like you also need to be at home, but then you also need to be working mm-hmm. to yeah. bring in money for rent. So it's it's a lot. You had a lot of pressure on you at once. Yeah. And, you know, I have had pressure like that before in my life and I get through it. And I think that it just caught up with me. I couldn't, uh, you know, the stress, the pressure, 
the heavy lifting, it all just finally caught up. And it was hands down the most humbling experience of my life. And I'm going to explain that. First of all, it's the most pain I've ever been in. Well, wait, let's like take them chronologically before you give us like chronological. So we're on the walk. He's like, I don't know if I can make it home. And I'm like, okay, do you want to sit here? I can take the stroller home and put him in the car and come back and pick you up. Because it's like right around the street, right around the corner from our house. He's like, no, let me just sit here for a second and like see if I can make it home. So we eventually like he gets up and we like. And what was happening in my back at the time was there were my the lower back muscles were spasming, contracting like constant spasm. So I couldn't. And it was. Well, we don't know this yet, but in my uneducated guess is it was the muscles pressing on my sciatic nerve. So I just got an MRI. We're going to find that out. But the pain was I I couldn't move my leg, my right leg, and it was causing a lot of pain. I wasn't going to be able to make it home. We sat there for a little bit and he eventually was like, "Okay, I got it. Like, let's just walk. We very slowly walked home. We get in the house. I push the baby in the stroller to where we like keep the stroller and I hear a straight up scream from the other room and I rush into the other room and Tay is like on the floor like collapse just like complete on the floor and he stayed on that floor for the next six hours mind you we're walking home and I'm like I'm gonna call the chiropractor and see if he can get you in for an emergency appointment today and he's like, no, I have to pick up Junie at 445. And I'm like, are you insane? Like, you have to go take care of your body. I will go pick her up or we'll figure out someone that can go grab her. So I'm like, I don't care what you say. I'm calling and making the appointment because men. So I call and make the appointment. This is before he collapses when we get home. And I'm like, see, aren't you allowed to make the appointment? So he's on the floor. We like, I get pillows underneath him and try and get him comfortable. My friend Angie was scheduled to come over that day to meet the baby and like hang out with us for a little bit. Angie has been in my life since like I was four or five years old. Baby sat me on and off, did the flowers at my first wedding, was a bridesmaid at my first wedding, is also our realtor and helped us buy our house. Like is also basically like our backbone. Yeah, she's just a wonderful human being. So she happened to be coming over. She got here like 10, 15 minutes after Tay collapsed and was here with us. And I was like, we were trying to make sure he was comfortable and like figure out what we were going to do. She was here for a little bit, ended up leaving. And I was like, okay, we'll feed the baby and then get him in the car seat. And I will take you to the chiropractor and they'll come down and get you in a wheelchair. Because at this point we were like, how are we even going to get him to the car I could barely move yeah from the floor let alone sit let alone get to the car I mean I was in crisis. it went from you being on the floor to us slowly getting you onto the couch to us slowly getting you up over the span of six hours onto that rolling yeah. chair so the plan was I was going to sit him in his rolling office chair and wheel him to the car We put Stone in the car seat. Mind you, this is his fourth time getting put in a car seat. Every other time, he's been so chill, so happy. He was like, I don't know if he had a fucking premonition, but like he was like. Not having it. I have never heard that kind of a scream come out of him, and I've never heard it since. It was like, and Tay was just like, you know what? Take him out. I'm calling an Uber. So we call an Uber. The Uber gets here. I wheel him out of the fucking oh house God, down the down the driveway and get him into the Uber. 
so that he then goes to the chiropractor and they get a wheelchair to take him up to the appointment. Yeah. And there was no way I was going to walk up that as we were wheeling up. I was like, there was no way I was going to make it up this. I was in, like I said, the most pain I've ever been in. I've been an athlete my whole life and I've been through injuries and broken bones and dislocations of my shoulder, which is brutal and surgeries. Never have I felt that type of pain. Summer is here and life is not slowing down for us anytime soon. One of the things we have continuously relied on making our lives so much easier is factor meals. No prep, no mess, no cleanup meals. I have really been off the wagon with my eating since having my son and for my health, my wellness, and my mental sanity, I have been switching my dinners to more healthy options from factor. They have 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, so I never get bored. And Tay is continuously shocked every time he sits down to eat one because they are so freaking tasty. They have breakfast, lunches, dinners, and desserts. It's a treat to have restaurant-quality food that is so easy to prepare and doesn't come with the insane Postmates bill. Head to factormeals.com slash FMLtalk50 and use code FMLtalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code FMLtalk50 at factormeals.com slash FMLtalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Enjoy, FMLers. So you go into the office. How does the appointment go? It goes, it was weird because he couldn't do anything to me. He He's like, I can't even get my hands on you. Your back is so in spasm that there's nothing I can do. So he ended up sending me home. And no, saying, you like used heat and no, he, he put used, electrodes, he used electrodes on you. And it relaxed the muscles a little bit. Enough to where you to could where walk I could out. walk out. I walked out, got home. And was still not because the electrodes, the, the, that spasm yeah. eventually was going to come back. But at least you were walking with the brace. And I was like, OK, great. He's yeah, he home. did give me a brace, which was really crucial. He was, he was home. And I was like, OK, at least like, you know, now it's just like rest and recovery. Right. So I thought. <laughs> so I thought, yeah, because wasn't so, it in the middle of the night? When... So that night I just let him sleep. Normally, like he gets up and does like the first feed with me. and. He'll give Stone a breast milk bottle. I will pump and then he'll sleep the rest of the night. I'll get up and do the breastfeeding. And then in the morning after his last feed, Tay will get up with the baby and give me like a two to three hour stretch to sleep. And it like works really, really well for us. So I just did it myself that night and let him sleep to try and rest. I was so tired in the morning. I get up and put Stone back for his last like stint and Tay like rolls over and he's like, I have to pee. And I'm like, okay. So I go over to the side of the bed to like help sit him up. And first of all, Tay is six foot three and 215 pounds. He is a very, very massive human <laughs> and I'm strong, but like that's a lot of fucking dead weight. So I start to try and lift you up. I think I get you like four inches off your side and he screamed, put me down. And like started instantly crying, yeah. which is a very jarring thing 
to see from such a big, tough, burly person. Yeah, I was just it completely took me. I I I, I can't. And it's scary moving someone like that because you're like, do I use my strength and try and get you up or do I go slow and like let you tell me what hurts and what doesn't? Like yeah. it was really. And it's a back thing. So it's like it's scary yeah. because what if you do damage? Yeah. And yeah, it was a really. It was really terrifying for me because I was like, OK, I have probably an hour until the baby wakes up who is completely dependent on us. You can't move. And I have to decide like what we're going to do about this because mm. it's clearly a very, very serious problem. Yeah. Um, there and was no like, let me fake being sick so I don't have to do shit. No. You, like I was in trouble. You looked at me and you were like, I think I need to go to the hospital. Yeah. So I called my mom who lives up the street. She was about to get on a huge live interview Ugh. and she's like, you need to take him to urgent care. Yeah. And I was like, okay, cool. That's except I can't fucking get him out of bed. <laughs> Urgent care is right around the corner from our house. But like I definitely in that moment started to panic because I was like, I have to get this situation addressed before the baby wakes up. And I don't I, even remember. I can't even tell you looking back what happened. What what did happen? So I put where was the baby I when put, you took me there? I put well, the, he was still asleep in his snoo when you took me to. Urgent oh, no, 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 no. In the in the morning. So I was trying to figure out what to do. I put a heating pad under you. Look, I know the back people out there are like, it's very a hot topic between ice heat versus heat. ice. I don't give a shit what well, side I did you're learn, on. <laughs> I did learn, well, first of all, the heat helped me. Well, that's, so I put the heating pad on him. It's ice. Yeah, no, it's ice. But without the heating pad, I wouldn't have been able to get me moving, get you up. So I put the heating pad on him for 10 minutes. I then was able to really slowly and with every muscle in my fucking body, lift him to a seated position and then have him lean on me to get him standing up, which in hindsight, like at the end of this day, my back was done, which like, um, I'll go to a chiropractor and get a massage and I'll be fine. But like, you're a heavy ass bitch, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so we get him standing. I walk him to the bathroom. I'm like, oh, how the tables have turned from me being like postpartum, like, can you bring me this and can you do this to me, like mm. standing, holding you up while you're peeing? That's love. Yeah, that's love. <laughs> <laughs> and so then I get him back into bed and we're like, OK, we have to start making some decisions because like the clock is counting for when the baby's going right. to get up and he's going to get up needing to like get on my boobs and like you have attention. So right then, Angie, my friend who was here the day before calls and she's like hey how's Tay doing and I'm like start explaining the situation and she goes do you need help and I just broke and I was like I need so much help <laughs> like my voice cracked and like tears came the hormones like took over and she was like okay I'm on my way mind you Angie lives an hour to an yeah. hour and a half away on with a good day kids. with two kids like she yeah, has her busy. fucking hands full. 17 careers. Dropped everything, got in the car and drove straight to me. During that time, I like talked to the chiropractor. I, I made some calls and we were like, OK, the decision is we're not going to go to the hospital because we were like, do we call an ambulance? Do we have him? Because then like EMTs can come in and like get him into the ambulance and get him there. But we were like, how much is that going to cost even with our insurance? And like, 
hospital waits can be like so much fucking longer and like more complicated. And is anyone even going to know anything about backs in the ER? So we were like, okay, we're going to take him to urgent care. And like, that's the plan of action. I called urgent care. They were like, yeah, we have things. We can give him shots in his back. We can give him a prescription mm -hmm. for muscle relaxers. And that was what the chiropractor said. He, he, they were like, it's really just pain management. You need to relax the muscles until you can get an MRI. Right. So I was like, okay, great. How the fuck do I get him to urgent care? Angie arrived, took the baby in her arms, and it was like an angel yeah, had like, like landed yeah. in our home. And like she has two kids. They were twins, both born early in the NICU. So like I felt like I was like handing my child to a nurse in a weird way mm -hmm. and just was so incredibly grateful. Like I think I said, I don't know what I would have done without her 10 to 12 times that right. day. She's also here now with we're him like literally while we're this recording this podcast. She's in the other room. My hero. <laughs> Angie, you're my hero. And so... She takes the baby and I put Tay back on the heat for a little bit to loosen his back up. And then very slowly and with all the muscles in my body, got him from the bed back into the office chair, wheeled him in the office chair to the car and got you into your car because it's higher level. Mm -hmm. Drove around the corner. It's literally in the shopping center around the corner from our house. Thank God. Drove to urgent care. I think we waited for like an hour ish. Mm -hmm. Got in to see him, and the doctor was like, uh, "You're obviously in like a massive spasm. Like you should definitely go see a specialist." But they gave him two shots in his back. Mm -hmm. Well, actually, it was in your upper glute. Mm -hmm. Each but of it was each a, of your it, butt cheeks, but it was for your back. Yeah, and it, it's it, and it's all connected. It back relaxed there. the muscles. It was an anti-inflammatory. Then he prescribed me all sorts of anti-inflammatory and muscle relaxers, and pain management, and I've been on that. And so that, we came home. Yeah. I got you back inside, put you to bed. You slept for like an hour and a half, and then later that night, you were able to put the brace that the chiropractor gave you on and like gingerly walk around. I think that night I walked. I was able to get up and go pee myself yeah yeah and like move but it was the, still very yeah like, it was barely moving so then the next morning at 9 a.m you went to a specialist, specialist yeah. um and he was like yeah i can't believe you even like made it here right um, and he he too <laughs> we took x-rays but he also said i can't do anything yeah your back is in such spasms still three days later I can't even. He's like, even if you get an MRI, it, your muscles need yeah. to relax more. He's like, if you get an MRI and the MRI says you have a herniated disc, my orders is go lay down. Yeah. Is you have to lay down until the back relaxes and then we'll proceed. So he gave you what, seven shots? Seven injections in my back. They were anti-inflammatory as well, like same as the other one yeah. and, and muscle relaxers. Brutal. Then I got a different prescription. And since then, where are we at? Oh, yeah. So. so that was like that day was really scary for me because it brought up and it was so funny. I when I went and sat down with Angie when you finally went to sleep that day and the baby was napping, I sat down to eat for the first time at like 430 um, and was talking to Angie and she was like, are you OK now? And I was like, I mean, yeah. And she's like, is it mostly like you're freaked out because of Tay. And I I started crying. It was like, yeah, it's like every fucking trigger and fear that I have mm -hmm. around like losing you. It mm -hmm. was like in front of my face and the helplessness of like, if like our house was burning on fire, like, and I mean, you, like, how like, would I get you out? 
I was so. It in- was very like scary for me. Well, I mean, and to have the baby, like it yeah. was just, it was a lot, dude. It it fucking really was like a big test for my mental capacity. Well, I mean, in in looking back, and we're not anywhere, we're not out of it. I'm still dealing with this. We're still waiting on the MRI yeah, we're results. We're still waiting on the MRI results. I although am, by the time you guys hear this, yeah, I will. will we'll have know some what's answers. going on. <laughs> uh, but right now, it's still questionable. I am moving a lot better, slowly but surely. But I gotta say, you were fucking amazing because you handled the crisis very well. You juggled the baby and me very well you brought in the right people at the right time you made the right calls you did really well on my side it was so humbling and it's still eating me alive that i can't help i mean even now i'm i'm slowly moving and you it's every every time i move you're like slow down and and don't help and this and that but it goes against everything that i yeah i i stand for like i need to help and it's very difficult for me not to do that to help and to constantly be you know the support the support it's funny i had this well because i've this goes back to all the stress and and you know i'm personally going through right now with my daughter being back and the scheduling and the being in so many different places at the same time and it's impossible and just kind of putting all of my needs aside and just doing what it what needs to happen it really has i don't know made me think a lot about about priorities and i really think that if well it's scary. If you can't do anything, you're in trouble. Mm-hmm. It's kind of one of the most humbling experiences you can ever be faced with where you are actually done for. You can't help. I remember w- w- the person I work with, she's like, well, what about this shift? And what about that shift? And I'm like, I'll take it. I'll take it. I got to do it. I got to do it. And she's like, but you can't even walk. And I'm like, the, the, the only thing I could have thought of is, have you ever seen the movie Cinderella Man? Mm-hmm with Russell Crowe and he plays Jimmy Braddock at this fighter in the the Great Depression era. And he's like sick and he can't, but he still has to feed his family. So he like gets up and it's like, we're not living in those at times, but like I have that sense of- The mentality. Yeah, I have to like get up and I have to go. And you know, it's a big lesson because the universe is telling me that there's a different way. Yeah. The universe said, sit the fuck down, sit the fuck or down, or really lay the fuck you down. You have no choice, <laughs> but, but not only sit the fuck or lay, yeah, lay the fuck down, but lay down and find another way. Yeah. Because there is, mm-hmm. there is another way. Yeah. And like get the lesson and then do the work around that right. lesson. Yeah. Right. Big time. And I think for me, it was just how fucking number one important health is, because so many times when we were sitting in the hospital giving birth, even when like nothing was really going wrong. And when we were at urgent care, I vividly and I texted her and told her this was like, I can't fathom what Kelly Randis must Mm -hmm. have felt being in this type of like environment for months on end. Right. Like, I am so fucking grateful for my health. Well, and, you know, we were sitting in the hospital giving birth 
to stone and like we would hear in the other rooms like yeah. not the greatest things going down as you do in any hospital and how many times did we look at each other just and not even say anything just yeah. look at each other with such grateful feelings of like god thank god we're yeah. just you know yeah it, it's weird because you also find you've gone through shit yeah you know you've had you you've had those moments where somebody else was like god i feel so bad for that little girl right right you know? right so we've been on the other side of that yeah and that's a good point you know and you, you have to uh, i think the most important thing about all of those is appreciate all of it when yeah. you're on those rough trajectories you still have to realize this is life yeah and try to get what the lesson is yeah um and so for the next what was it like i don't even like time has no fucking construct anymore um of me on my back of just like how many days after that well day i can tell you there it, was. it happened um well i mean it happened on wednesday and today's tuesday okay so, so we're, like we're seven we're six days in yeah so the following days were just really difficult because it was like we went from having two parents in the house to really one like yeah. all you could do was sit in bed and like put stone on your chest. And, and that, that was, was like, even, yeah. that was like, if he wanted to be there. <laughs> right. Only if he wanted to be there. I mean, so that's why I say you really, you brute. really came play because not only did you deal with stone and all of that, but you, the biggest part of all of it was the stress that I was dealing with going into the, mm -hmm. the thing. And that was somehow remedied through all of this by right. you making phone calls and figuring out who's going to pick her up, who's going to pick this up then. And, you know, yeah. and it all worked out. Yeah. And I think like, hopefully it's going to come to a. And thankfully, you know, your ex really rose to the occasion and, and helped us with Junie and like it, everybody kind of like came to the table and was like, OK, what can we do to make it better right now? Because we were drowning at that point. And it was so frustrating because everybody had been like, oh, my God, how are you? How are you? Like, are you I not know, sleeping? Are you great. doing OK? And I was like, no, I'm fucking killing it, actually. Yeah. I'm producing the shit out of my household. Yeah, and I'm like the universe giving us the bird. Right. Like, right. Thought this was going to be. Yeah. Easy. Psych, bitch. Like, I should know that lesson by now. Um, <laughs> but I remember the first night after all of this happened, I had put the baby down and we were getting ready to go back into bed. And I looked at you and I was like, do you want to know how fucked up my brain is? And you were like, what? And I was like, I'm disappointed and feel like a failure because this is the first night we're going to bed and the house doesn't look right, reset and right. put together. And there's like laundry on the table. And like, yeah, that's ridiculous right. that well, I like give myself some fucking slack. You yeah. know, Jesus. Well, but I mean, that's your brain. <laughs> I know. No, I, 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 so fucked up. <laughs> I, oh, well. Imagine I, being I, I in, imagine <laughs> being inside here, you guys. It's <laughs> fucking exhausting sometimes. Hey, guys, <laughs> none of this shit that you're hearing right now surprises me at all. Just so you know. <laughs> but it was definitely it was really trying and really testing. And thank God for, you know, Angie, who came in and was a literal angel that day. And for Marshall, who came and picked you up the next morning for your doctor's appointment and for my mom who came and sat yeah. with the baby and let me nap for an hour and, yeah, and for Junie and my ex for taking, dealing, dealing with it on yeah. that level. It's weird when you have those moments and you are helpless, you were helpless. I was helpless. We just, there was nothing we could do. Yeah. Like, fuck, well, and nobody that's, is, nobody comes to your yeah. aid. Like, and that's one of the things that 
Angie said to me, she's like, you did exactly what you should have done. You handled the situation, you made decisions, and then you asked for help when you needed it. That's my problem. My problem in life is I don't ask for help enough. And then the universe says, well, yeah, let's take his back from him. Yeah, that's right. So start asking for help. Mm -hmm. Moral of the story. Yes, dear. Thank you. <laughs> I'm so glad you are on the road to recovery. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, um, no, no, we won't see. Yeah, you are on the road to recovery. You are happy. You are that, healthy. Yeah. You are making changes. <laughs> I think the bottom line is, is that I'm happy. Yeah. And I am making changes. And it was a humbling experience. And it it's... happened for a reason. So we're going to learn the lessons from it and move forward with those. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everybody. Yeah, exactly. That, that's where that's what we're what's your biggest takeaway from it other than being humbled my biggest takeaway oh you know what i don't know who listens to these podcasts i also want to say a big thank you to Vale who came and helped with driving junie this week yeah because i've been have... giving shout outs to all the people that came to our aids yeah it wouldn't have happened <laughs> without Vale. and some of my fmlers for sending us doordash gift cards and uh and uh... stacy bryn mari like you guys Sending those fucking DoorDash and Postmates gift cards were That's huge. 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 One of my FMLers, Sandra, sent you the back rub back for rub. your back like you guys are just fucking awesome yeah, and that's you're very really, much an extension of our family you really are and i will say that the food was because i do most of the cooking and it's like it was a big thing if you guys are pregnant and getting ready to fucking make a list for your registry and shit yeah. house cleaner and like fund to get your house cleaned and DoorDash and Postmates gift yeah. cards are the things that we are still like using the most of. Like mm. delivery food is fucking key. I think the most to uh, bring back the other question, I've been thinking about it the whole time. <laughs> I think the, the biggest takeaway that I have from this and I, this could come out as pretentious is that I'm important. Yeah. I'm very it's not pretentious. It's I'm a really good important realization important for you to have to, to a lot of people. To a lot of people yeah. and physically this was a very good example of physically like I'm physically needed. Yeah. In this Well, I hope that I hope this. that you remember when you have that mentality of like I have to get up, I have to provide, I have to da da da. Yes, all those things are important, but what's more important is that people physically need you. No, I know. So that can't My come at the cost of the other. Well, it's true. And I'm I'm a big person and I am a fucking animal and a beast when it comes to work and shit like that. And everybody knows it. It's very clear. Like when I'm working, get the fuck out. And that's a problem. Yeah. And because now you're, I usually and, end up lifting all of the stuff where nobody's doing anything. Yeah. And it and, eventually gets. And now up. you're 49. So chill the fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I am going to kick Tay off so I can give you a little uh, jump into one of your FML stories before we finish. Say goodbye, Tay. Love you guys. Bye. Okay. Before we jump into the FML stories, I just want to close this crazy kind of part two solo, not solo episode with saying when life throws experiences like this at you, you have two options, and that is to succumb to the pressure and allow it to become a dramatic frenzy of what the fuck, why me, victimhood, 
or you can look for it, not necessarily in the moment, in the heat of the moment, but reflecting back on it and say, what are the lessons? Why did this happen? And what can I take from this to better myself and grow from it? And I am really proud of my husband and my fucking self, damn it, for doing that in this crazy test of a situation. So I want to extend the invite to all of you to look at your own life when stuff like this happens and do the same. So now let's jump into one of your FML stories. Here we go. Hey, Gabrielle, me and my soon-to-be ex-husband are almost officially divorced. Woohoo! Congratulations. I have been with this person for a decade and we share one child. There are too many red flags and incidents I could talk about, but I'll just talk about the big ones that literally broke my soul. In January 2020, I saw that my ex sent a photo of a coworker to his friend. When I confronted him, it was just, quote, he wanted to know if she was hot. Ugh. February 2020, I saw a text conversation between them and she sent a selfie and he told her she was pretty. I was pretty fucking livid and upset seeing that I could only get critiqued on my appearance. He blew up and turned it around on me saying I invaded his privacy and how is he supposed to trust me? And <laughs> fucking madman and that he thinks I really need to consider getting on anti-anxiety meds wow that sounds like Carly Craig's gem of an ex-boyfriend but I digress <laughs> fast forward to February 2021 and I get three positive pregnancy tests. I'm so happy because I had to see a fertility doctor, but guess who isn't him? Three days after my positive test, I came home from work to a three-page letter asking me, oh my God, asking me to get an abortion or I will be a single mother. An abortion was brought up every day, basically my entire first trimester. Ugh, fuck, man. July 17th, 2021, at almost seven months pregnant, I finally found out he and his married co-worker had been having an affair since December of 2019. He then came clean that he cheated on his bachelor party. Oh, dude, that he cheated on his bachelor party with some random girl he was doing coke with in a bathroom. Sounds like a fucking winner. When I say I was broken, I mean I was shattered. He gaslit me up until our son was born that when we were going to work it out and blah, 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 but never stopped talking to her. He left me at the hospital alone 12 hours after birth to go do a Peloton ride with his mistress. I just cannot. He moved out three months after my son was born. The past few years have put me through every single emotion there is, but I now believe this man did me a favor. I would have ended up staying in a mediocre marriage at best with someone who didn't value me and had me walking on eggshells. I am grateful for my FML story because he will always be my lesson, but I will always be his loss. Fuck yes, girl. Ooh, Samantha, that was well written, and I am so fucking sorry that you married such an incredibly large douchebag. I almost wish you would have sent his name so I could have blasted it out there. What a fucking piece of shit. I love that you said he will always be my lesson, but I will always be his loss. And I'm sure you learned and grew so much for that. And I'm so glad you have your beautiful son to do life with. And I'm wishing you all the fucking best, girl. Good for you. All right, you guys, it is so nice to be back here doing 
these solo episodes with you. Next month, we'll resume our regularly scheduled solo episode programs. I hope you enjoyed this two-part update with my hubby and I. And I am off to go put my boobs in my child's mouth. So I love you all. I will see you next week. All right, FMLers, if you don't want to miss an episode, make sure to follow on your favorite podcast app. And if you're loving the show, drop us a five-star rating and leave a review. You can keep up with me on Instagram at Gabrielle Stone or the podcast page at FML Talk Podcast. For all the merch and books signed personally by me, you can shop the FML line on eatpreyfml.com. And as always, have a fucking self-love cocktail on me. Cheers. Welcome to As a Woman, Fertility Hormones and Beyond. I'm your host, Dr. Natalie Crawford, and I am a fertility physician and co-founder of Fora Fertility in Austin, Texas. We will talk about a wide range of topics, including the menstrual cycle, your hormones, infertility, IVF, mental health, and well, beyond. So join us and become part of the community of collaboration that amplifies others as a woman. This podcast has been brought to you by Podcast Nation.